0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. There is no force equal to a woman determined to rise. You loved this quote when we posted it on Instagram, so we know you're going to love hearing all about Desiree Harper on this episode. We found Desiree by following hashtag Single Mom, and we were so impressed with who we found. Desiree is a single mom in the thick of it, and she doesn't hold anything back. We started featuring her on our blog because we identify her as a success story in the making, and we think a lot of you can find inspiration in that. It's easy to see some of the successful single moms and feel like what they've achieved is something beyond what you're capable of, but Desiree is a perfect example of a woman who is hustling to give her and her daughter the best life possible. In this episode, you'll hear about how she's navigating things with her ex and the struggle of trying to find the right way to let a man she could never depend on take on the ultimate role of responsibility with her daughter. We know how sensitive this can be for so many of you, and while we can't fix it, sometimes just talking about it and relating to one another can help in major ways. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with the new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so reach out to us at podcastatworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Desiree. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. So this is actually a bit of a funny story. About a year ago, Worthy was working on this campaign called Let It Glow that was basically a 360 degree look at wellness and what it means to embrace a healthy lifestyle that'll help get you happy. And We decided to look for single moms who were talking about this on Instagram, and that was when we found Desiree. And Desiree just totally stood out because she is so honest and raw about everything that's going on in her life, and she is so funny. I was like fangirling over her Instagram and her stories. I couldn't get enough, and so we decided we were going to feature her in Our next campaign, which was the Kick-Ass Single Mom campaign that we did to launch Emma Johnson's book, and we have this great piece on her that was the Single Mom Hustle series, and we're going to talk a lot about that today, but I'm so excited that she is now writing on our blog, and she writes in other places as well about her personal fitness journey and about life as a single mom, and I am so excited to welcome her. So welcome, Desiree.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me and thank you for that raving review. I almost was like, is she really talking about me? Oh my God,
0: stop. We are so excited (laughs) you're here and you have such an amazing story and you are just the epitome of hustle and I can't get enough of it and I'm sure that our audience is going to feel the same way. Oh, I appreciate it. Why don't don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to be a single mom?
1: Okay, let me try to give you the short version because, you know, I'm long winded. Um, (laughs) So I was working to get into medical school, actually, and I became an EMT. It's an emergency medical technician for those that don't know. Um, It's basically the people that you see riding around in ambulances and doing that kind of jazz. And I met my ex. That was a spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) spoiler. Um, I met my ex. You know, I had always been the really good girl, really safe girl. Like I didn't party. I didn't drink. I didn't do, you know, all the things that teenagers do to find themselves and like grow into the adult they're supposed to be. I didn't make those mistakes growing up. I just was really, you know, all about school and all about working towards my goals. And so I never, you know, had that rebellious phase Mm -hmm. Uh, so I met my ex and you know he was really charismatic and just really you know just set every alarm in my soul on fire and I was like I have got to I've got to know this guy like this guy is so charismatic and so I took a chance and I you know let myself live a little and you know surprise I got (laughs) I ended up finding out that I was pregnant way early into the relationship which I was embarrassed to say starting off, but, you know, life happens. We're all adults. Um, we don't think about what's going to come from the decisions we make until it's too late. And that was kind of the situation we found ourselves in. We weren't really thinking. We were just enjoying each other and having fun. And then, you know, baby made three. And right. neither one of us was ready for that. Um well, my kid's four and I'm 31 now. So, you know, I wasn't a kid. Um, and he's younger than me. That's another spoiler alert. <laughs> right. He's about six years younger than me. So, uh, if I wasn't ready, he definitely was not ready. And, uh, sad to say, you know, I found out I was pregnant and initially he was supportive and on board. And as the pregnancy got a little real, he got a little, uh, absent. <laughs> he kind of took off on me and, uh, for a long time, I was by myself during the pregnancy. And I actually had um, a pretty turbulent pregnancy, I found out I had fibroids, I went into preterm labor at like 19 weeks. So they put me on bed rest. And so I was on bed rest from 19 weeks on. So imagine I'm like 19 weeks on bed rest, watching Law and Order SVU all by my little self with nothing but time to think about my future. And I grew up in a home with separated parents. So I spent one week at mom's and then the next week at dad's and we just alternated that way. And my parents definitely had uh, their share of struggles and learning experiences. It wasn't easy. And so when I found out I was pregnant, my theme was either I'm going to be a single mom or we're going to be a family. Those were literally my only two options right. in my head. It's the only picture that I felt was going to work because co-parenting is difficult and that kid's going to feel all that pressure and the pain from that.
0: So that was something that had been difficult for you growing up?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, I love my parents and they did an amazing job mm-hmm. at being Obviously. parents. Right. <laughs> and it's, I think it's just hard when you're in the moment, especially when like mental health instability isn't something. Well, when I was growing up, it's not something that we really talked about. Right. It kind of was like, well, this is a situation and this is how we're going to deal. Um, We didn't really think about the impact it had on our children. And so I grew up, you know, every decision I made or most of them was, you know, a product of so how can I do better? How can I make it better, um, you know, for my kid coming up? And so I made it was going to be either or. So I had told him initially when I first told him I was pregnant, I got this like I can do this on my own if it needs to be that way. Or we can be a family. Like, those are our two options. Right. And, you know, he initially told, excuse me, told me he was supportive and then, you know, kind of took off. And so he ended up coming back around towards the end of my pregnancy. But from the moment I told him I was pregnant, it's always been this off-on type of thing. Sometimes, you know, I was the star of his sky, and sometimes he'd wish I never existed kind of thing. And so I struggled with really trying to understand, like, I deserved better and and trying to put that against my daughter needs a family. So it was always kind of like, I felt like I was trading
0: off. Right. I mean, that's those two things are in conflict, right? You had this guy who you were having a baby with, but he was not giving you the love and attention that you deserve. And so then you're forced to, to choose between pursuing this family for your daughter Mm -hmm. which would at the same time mean not having the kind of relationship that's worthy of you.
1: Yes. And that's a very difficult and painful choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, you know, if you've seen my social media, then you know, like my kid is honestly my best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, people want me so bad to like, take a break or take a vacation or go here without her. And I'm like, Look, bro, if my kid can't come, I'm not I'm not really down because <laughs> I enjoy spending time with her so much that like pulling me away from her, like it's kinda like over my dead body kind of thing. Like <laughs> she's my best friend. And so everything I do, I try to make sure that I consider her. And so sadly, you know, that choice came to the forefront. It was like do you stand in your value and demand more of this person, or tell him to kick rocks, or do you stay in there and take it and take it for your daughter? And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but I made the cho- I chose my daughter is what I'm trying to say. I made the choice for her.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think you you have written on our blog and you've said it in a lot of different places that in order to be the best mother to your daughter, you have to put yourself first and you have to take care of yourself. You can't pour yes. from an empty cup, right? Right. So in a way, this decision still was what was best for her. I mean, and and not just for you, but also for her. And uh, we have a great article on our blog from Stacey Freeman about the example she was setting for her daughter staying with a man who hadn't been loyal to her. Uh-huh. It's really tough stuff, of course, and and it's yes. complex, but we totally have your back on it and, and the decision yeah. that you made to raise her on your own and and right. you are doing such an amazing job. I mean, she oh, is the happiest, you. cutest little thing I've ever seen. Thank <laughs> you.
1: She really is the sweetest kid. And when you're making that decision in the moment, you know, well, I'm just gonna do what's best for my kid, and it right. like it took a lot of my daughter telling me what she was seeing. And, you know, like, I remember I was crying one time. And uh, I tried my best not to cry in front of her. And I still do. But you know, sometimes you just can't help it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was crying and my daughter came in. And it was a point where her father and I were still kind of together, kind of really going through a rough time. And my daughter was like, you know, what's wrong, mommy? Did daddy hurt you again? Which kind of was like a slap in my face almost. It like kind of shook me out of this false sense of security that I thought I had placed her in. Because at this point, it it wasn't something I was discussing with her openly, you know, the back and forth, the the cheating and the betrayals and the struggle. It's not something I was telling her. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. for her to kind of see me crying and initially go there, it kind of made me realize, like, my kid is smart. She, You know, and all kids are smarter than we think they are. And they're picking up on things that we don't think they're getting. And so that was kind of the pivotal moment for me where it was like, as much as I think that I'm doing this for my daughter, I'm also sending her the wrong messages. And so from that point, it kind of just became what's best for my daughter is for her to see her mom stand in her power and her values so that she doesn't grow up thinking, that that situation is okay. So that moment was, it was like, like I said, a slap in the face. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, what have I been doing? What have I been teaching her?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we really are just products of the things that we're exposed to. And so there's definitely a lot of pressure, you know, society is always telling us that the happiest families are the families that have mom and dad at home. But I think it's really brave and really smart to look at the full picture and to make a decision that's best for you and for her. So what is the situation now? I mean, is there any co-parenting or is it what you said? Now you're you're just oh. in a total single mom situation.
1: The situation now is actually, it's kind of chaotic. Well, I will say for the last six or seven months, we hadn't had any contact um, with her father. He actually has another family. He just recently welcomed another child in March, mm-hmm. which has been really, <laughs> really heartbreaking. We broke up in January of 2017, and in March 2017, he was welcoming another kid. And so, wow. He, right. Yeah. So it was, I had to process a really painful breakup and process all of these things. That were happening. And then not only did I have to figure out how I felt and how I was going to get through, I had to figure out how I was going to explain all of this to my daughter. And on top of all that, you know, him kind of checking out, it made it easier for me. And the fact that because he wasn't around, I didn't have to address this new reality. It kind of just was like, well, let me get her through us just being us. Mm-hmm. And for a really long time it was hard, you know, emotionally she was you could tell that she was distressed. Like she would have night terror. She needed to like literally sleep attached to my arm and I couldn't drop her off at daycare without her thinking I wasn't going to come back. Oh. And it took us, yeah, it was heartbreaking. It took us months to get to a point where she felt fine and okay and I could drop her off and she was happy and she knew that mom was coming back. And that, that went on for about the last six or seven months or so. And she wow. just recently turned four. And we had her birthday party and it was great. And then, you know, a few days later, it was her actual birthday. And I got that text <laughs> that I got to be honest, I was hoping never came because I knew that it was going to open a Pandora's box. So what what was the text? Can I talk to her? <laughs> Can I wish her a happy birthday? And I, I just kind of had to ask myself. Because initially, I I was just going to say no, you Uh know, we've we've gotten this far, she's finally doing okay, and she's happy, and we're not waking up in the middle of the night screaming. And then I just had to ask myself, like, what would she want? So instead of me making the decision for her, um, like I said, my daughter's only four, but she's really smart. I try to include her in as much of the decision making as possible, because ultimately, it's going to be her life and her relationship down the line. So I asked her if she wanted to talk to her dad, and she was really excited and wanted to talk to him. So they had about a two-minute conversation (laughs) after um, months of not speaking. It was a two-minute conversation, and that was back in April. So where we are today is she's back to the night terrors, and she's back to— Yeah, being afraid that I'm going to leave and not come back. Like I can't leave the house without her or she thinks that I'm abandoning her or leaving her behind. She's found out, you know, that she has a sibling and uh, that's where her dad has been. So it's it's been hard trying to explain that to her on top of, you know, like he's been doing a good job of calling every day or attempting to talk to her every day, um, you know, which is the bare minimum that any parent <laughs> can do. But there's so much more um, that goes into raising a child that I feel like I'm not getting. Mm -hmm. So that's been difficult, you know, trying to decide if the night terrors and the emotional distress is worth 30 minutes of how was your day, you know, so it's been difficult to say the least. I've toggled back and forth, you know, in the last few weeks about whether these conversations are doing more harm than good. It's actually uh, caused a bit of... (laughs) drama in in my social media and even in my family so tell us tell us about that yeah so i really do share openly and honestly on my social media about what i'm going through um there are times on my snapchat especially when i'm just like raw emotion venting like cursing like just letting whoever's watching know like i am in turmoil i'm angry i'm upset And so I share, you know, when I'm really in like chaos and really feel like I'm conflicted, I will go and I will share because I have so many moms with so many different backgrounds watching me right? and they're so amazing and they give me the most amazing advice. So I really do consider them part of my extended family. So I go and I share and they'll give me feedback. And normally, you know, they're all like, girl, you're doing the right thing. Like, don't beat yourself up, you know him popping in and out is going to hurt her in the end. And so just recently, you know, I shared like, you know, OMG, he's back because that was a big thing. And, you know, it gives me a a source of anxiety. Like, how do? what do I do now? Like, how do I heal her?
0: Right. I mean, you were really clear from the beginning about what your expectations were. And this is not this was not one of the options that you let him know you would be comfortable with.
1: Right. And even even after that initial conversation, there have been several, you know, if you don't mm-hmm. want this, please let me know now. We don't have to do this game. Like, let's figure out a way to co-parent. But there was always someone else or there was always something else happening. Like, it could never just be, okay, we're not together and that's fine. Let's figure out how to co-parent because that takes a lot of time and growth and learning. It takes a lot of introspective learning. Like you got to figure out what's, what's your crap (laughs) so that you can deal with it. Yeah. You have to know what, what you're bringing to the table too. Right. And and I, I think the problem on his end is if it's not me, it's someone else. And so he never has time to like really sit and, and think about what he's done or what he's going to do. And so it's hard to talk to someone who only sees me as the ex-girlfriend instead of, like, I'm the mother of your child and, and I still care about you and I'm trying to let you know that right. for my kid, like, what you're bringing to the table it's just not going to work. and You know, after being on bed rest for all that time, it's like I did everything I could to get her here safely.
0: Right. It's kind of like
1: I'll be damned if I let you destroy her after all that. You know oh. how many episodes of Law and Order I had to sit through to bring her here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Like, I mean, it, it took a lot, you know, I, I brought her into this world. And I've been protecting her since I found out I was pregnant. And it's like, that doesn't stop. And it doesn't, right. you know, my defenses don't lower because you share DNA with her. I mean, if anything, I'm expecting more of you because you sure. share DNA with her. Right? Yeah. So um, my social media following, they kind of were divided on, on what I was saying. And at the time, I was saying that I was going to just say, you know what, enough is enough. I was going to cut all communication and I was going to tell him if he is not ready to be the father she deserves, then he needs to leave her alone. And Mm -hmm. I thought that my following was going to, you know, be on my team about it because they've been so supportive and shockingly, (laughs) many of them were not. Um, Many of them were telling me that I was crazy, that I sounded vindictive, that I needed to let her have a relationship with her father that it wasn't up to me to define her relationship with, with her father. And then I had a family member who was really supportive of me from the beginning and, you know, would always understand my thought processes and the decisions I was making. And suddenly it was different. It was like, you're making a mistake. You shouldn't cut him off. Your your kid's going to grow up to dislike you because of what you're doing. And I think the social media, on top of, you know, the family member kind of turning the tables on me, it really took a toll on me. I really started to question my own heart and my own intentions. And I kind of felt like a monster (laughs) for a day or two. I (sighs) like, yeah, I felt really bad. I started questioning myself and my decisions and I was like, are they right? Like, have I, have I really just been like, you know, making all these decisions out of anger? But thankfully my daughter, Oh, gosh, she's so smart. Like my <laughs> daughter was able to snap me out of that as well. Wow. So yeah.
0: you talked a little bit about your family and we've heard about your family a little bit over on the blog. So uh-huh. as you're navigating this, how how mm-hmm. has your family been there for you?
1: Oh, my family is amazing. We are really thankful. And I say we, meaning me and my daughter, we're really like blessed and grateful that, We have the family that we have. Currently, um, we're living with my mom because we can't afford to live anywhere else in California by ourselves. (laughs) Um, So we're living with my mom. And my dad is, uh, he's just the best. He is maybe more obsessed with my daughter than I am. So um, (laughs) where she was missing, you know, the contact with her father and the guidance that a father, you know, gives my dad has stepped in and he has been everything. And I'm so grateful for him. You know, he'll, he'll call or text me and be like, hey, can I pick Malia up? And I'm like, yes, please, <laughs> please do. Because um, I have to sit in about almost two hours worth of traffic to get to her. And if I don't get to her on time, you know, then I'm stressed out in traffic trying to get to her. And that's right. not safe for anybody. So I'm always grateful and like super appreciative when I get those text messages. Um, So my family's been supportive. They love Malia like crazy. They spoil her and they've seen her go through the emotions. And so, you know, when it comes to her father, they are they're sad about it, really, you know, because they love her so much and they want her to have a father. But when it comes to like watching her kind of go through these emotional roller coasters, they get angry. Yeah, I'm sure, (laughs) you know. It's understandable because I myself get angry. Uh And I think the hard thing about it is that when I'm angry, I kind of need someone who's not going to be angry with me when I'm looking for advice. Because again, I I don't always want to be making decisions based off my emotions. I want to get sound advice from someone who's a little bit more unbiased. Right. And so I, I was depending on his mom at a time for that advice. You know, we would speak and... She loves her son and, you know, she knows that what he's done isn't right. And, you know, she would always commend me for the mother that I've been. But, you know, recently that's changed a little bit and that's been kind of hard. Um, So now I feel like when I'm emotional or when I'm angry, I really don't have a calm soundboard to throw my ideas off of Mm -hmm. because my family is always going to advocate for me. They're always going to be angry when I'm hurt. And so. I've been kind of having to do it alone as far as, you know, getting that kind of unbiased advice. I've been having to meditate more. I've been having to pray more. I've been having to listen to self-help books and read articles and listen to YouTube videos because, you know, I I never want to make a decision for my daughter that's based on emotions that I'm feeling for myself and I never want to rob her of a relationship, you know, or a situation that could benefit her. But it's, it's kind of like this question I'm always asking myself, is this worth what she's going through? Like, I know it's her dad.
0: Right. I think so many of our listeners can really relate to that conflicting feeling of, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting what's best for her and wanting what's best for you. And, and it can be hard to trust yourself to be yes. you know from a, a sound place when it, of course you're so emotional about it i mean there's pain there and and you have every reason to feel those things and right. but i think at the end of the day you really you really can trust yourself because you love her and you love yourself and and i i hear a lot of love for him there too and you know you've right. got you do have a good team of people behind you who are gonna help you make those smart decisions. So we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with Desiree. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement rings staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Desiree and we were just talking about the challenges of sharing a daughter with somebody who you're not really sharing a life with and finding the right places to allow that person into your daughter's life and the way that that can work for you and for your kid and for your ex. So Desiree, your daughter is four years old and you guys have a lot of childhood left. So Mm -hmm. what comes next? I mean, how do you plan to navigate the situation from this point?
1: Yeah. So I have to be honest that um, that path is being paved every day. I may wake up one day feeling like, okay, maybe these conversations aren't so harmful. Right, and then right. in the next minute, I'm thinking, oh my God, these conversations are not worth what she's going through. And so I find myself thinking that my end goal, what my end game is, is that I want my daughter to have her father in her life, of course. But what I also want most of all for my daughter because this is a very hard lesson for me to learn, is that you should always be standing in your value. I keep saying to people, I want my daughter to charge the full value of her worth. I want her telling people, no matter who they are to her, that this is what I'm worth. And if you can't afford to pay that, then you should probably leave me alone so that I can find somebody that will. So I don't want her growing up accepting less than what she deserves from anybody. And that includes her father. And I think that that point has been the hardest for me to communicate to people who are advocating for me to just let her have whatever relationship he's got for her. I've been told crazy things like, you know, you're being mad at him for him just being who he is. You know, you should let that go or you should just let her get to a point where she's okay with once-a-week dad. And to me, I think that's ludicrous. I think that that's crazy. And I think that my daughter should be able to say no to toxic people, regardless of whether or not she shares DNA with them. Regardless of if it's her dad or my dad or me, I tell my daughter all the time, if mommy does something that upsets you, we need to talk about it. And if you feel like I haven't done anything to prove to you that I understand that you're amazing, then, then you have the right to tell mom, that's not okay. And I want her to make those decisions with anybody, regardless of who it is. So yes, I want her to love her dad and I want her dad to be around, but her dad needs to realize that she needs more than 30-minute conversations and, and birthday presents and Christmas gifts. You know, like there's more right. that goes into taking care of a child.
0: Well, I think, you know, we talked about how long of... A future you have at working at this and I know that it's hard but it's not something you need to have figured out right away and she's very lucky to have you in her life who is just so obviously looking out for your daughter's best interests and holding her father to a high standard and that's a really important example that a lot of little girls don't grow up with and I think that's something that should be celebrated and I'm glad that we get to celebrate it here.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And I also want to celebrate some of your other accomplishments. So we haven't talked about your fitness journey, so I want to make sure that we talk about that because I think that's a really big part of your life. But Mm -hmm. the first thing that I want to ask about is you recently went back to school and you are in grad school, as if you weren't busy enough.
1: I know, right? (laughs) So tell us about um that yeah, so uh, I'm a single mom, obviously, i he's not helping financially, so literally it's all on my shoulders. And I just got to a point where I realized that I was caught in this really nasty circle of like credit card debt, paying bills off, and then being so broke that I needed to use the credit cards again. And yeah. you know, I am right now sharing a bedroom with my daughter and a bed. And so you know, as much as I Love my mom for allowing me to stay here. It's definitely not the picture that I had in my head, and it's not what I wanted to give my daughter. I wanted her to be able to have her own room and have her own yard. And you know, she wants a puppy, but my mom is like, no way. And so, (laughs) I want to be able to, you know, make my own household and be able to make my own decisions and let my daughter have a puppy if that's what she wants, and you know, not have to send it through the channels for approval. So, I just really came to the decision that, you know, even though I am crazy busy and I feel like there's still not enough time in the day, it became apparent to me that I needed to do more to further myself and to give myself a higher earning opportunity. Um, I currently work at a university um, for a pharmacy school. And they had all types of online programs. And so I decided to go for my master's in healthcare administration. Like I said, I started off being pre-med, wanting to go to medical school. And when I got pregnant with Malia, priorities just changed. It was like, I can't go to medical school because I really want to be mom. I really want to be here. I don't want to miss all of, you know, these amazing moments. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm doing an online program, thankfully, so I don't have to be there physically and I can do my coursework whenever I have time. And um, usually it's when she's asleep (laughs) is when I have time. So I'm going to bed later and still trying to wake up earlier to get my workouts done. So it's definitely a balancing act. You know, I want to make sure she's getting all the attention that she needs, but I still need to pay attention to assignments. And so it's been stressful, but I know at the end of the journey, it'll be worth it. And so I just have to be resilient and meditate. And you know, loose saws a couple of times to make sure that I don't completely lose my sanity. So definitely not easy, but I know it will be worth it.
0: Well, I mean, between work and school and your daughter and your fitness and you write for us, your plate is so full, and oh, yeah. it's so fun to get these peaks into your life on your social channels, where. You are dealing with it. I mean, I just think it's so refreshing because there are so many people that present themselves as having it all together and life is just perfect. And, you know, I don't think that your situation is a sob story by any means at all. But I just, it's like you get to see Desiree before she reaches the final product. Yeah, I think that you are just so important because there aren't a lot of people who are sharing their story in that way. I mean, I right. I just think of so many of the people who, you know, I get to interact with through Facebook or Instagram on behalf of Worthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these articles from from amazing women like Stacey Freeman and Emma Johnson who have businesses now and they're making a lot of money and they they really have have gotten to their bright future. They're really on the other side of that. And yeah. I think a lot of people look at stories like that and it just feels completely unattainable and like something that happens to other people. And here you are documenting your climb up the, up the ladder. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I just love it. I just think that more people should follow you so they can be inspired by it too but also more people should should share this this moment in their lives as well you know a lot of yeah we have a lot of articles about co-parenting on our blog and these are people who you know they have their settlement from the courts and they've they've had it worked out for a few years and then they're writing about it and right. that's that's kind of a different thing and i imagine that people who are also in the thick of it right now seeing what you're willing to share of your life has to be, you know, very healing for a lot of people.
1: Right. I get that a lot. I I actually get quite a few women, you know, writing to me and on Snapchat or Instagram. I've even gotten emails from women who, you know, thanked me for sharing my story so honestly, which it's great for me because, I mean, there are times when I definitely feel like, oh, wow, I've really just overshared or I probably come off really bitter when I'm writing or, you know, I, I have these moments where I feel like maybe I shouldn't be, you know, so open and shouldn't be opening up my life like this. And actually on Snapchat just a few days ago, I, you know, made the decision that I wasn't going to talk about my co-parenting situation because of all the the negative that I got. And I had so many people like, don't you dare not tell us what's going on. We're oh, so invested yeah. and we need, we need to hear what you're saying and what you're doing and, and how you're processing it. Cause you're helping us. And, You're helping so many other single moms out there figure it out. I think, you know, it's so important.
0: It can be so easy to feel alone and and just like hearing about these women that are writing to you. I mean, that's exactly the kind of community that I think we need. We need to empower each other and and listen to each other's experiences and relate to one another in that way and then be better because of it. I think, you know, you were expressing before how sometimes it can feel like, you, you don't trust your own judgment because you are emotionally in the middle of it. And right. I imagine that this community really helps, you know, you, you talked about this moment that you were reflecting on your choices and your decisions. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, having this community really helps us be our best self.
1: It really does. You know, I had mentioned on my social media, you know, that I was feeling like I really just couldn't trust myself that maybe I was making the wrong decisions. And I had so many people reach out to me like, no, we've been watching you since the beginning. We've seen you love him and and let him go and, and let him back in and give him chance after chance. And we've seen you talk about how sad, you know, seeing your daughter cry made you feel and you're doing what you're doing for her. And we know that. And there are going to be people that come out and say you're making the wrong choice or, you know, my sister did this and it turned out horribly for her. And you're going to feel like you can't trust yourself. But the truth of the matter is, is when most people see me, if they see me in the thick of it, they see me venting because I feel like if I don't get it out. I'm going to literally combust, like I'm going (laughs) to explode. Like There's so much on my heart and on my mind that I have to get it off.
0: (laughs) I think it's also really important too to remember that, you know, every situation is different because every person is different. So every relationship is different and every child is different. And, you know, co-parenting, divorce, breakups, whatever it is, it's not one size fits all. So definitely. these communities are really helpful, but you also have to trust yourself and I think one of the things that you wrote in our single mom hustle series was mm-hmm. about how personal development is a non-negotiable for you. and oh, yes I just loved that to me, that just shows that you you have you are made of good stuff and you can trust that stuff because you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of your daughter,
1: right? Yes, personal development actually is something that I learned because I was working as a beach body coach. I don't know if many people know about that company, but it's an MLM company where you know you work as a, they call them coaches, and you work through their fitness programs and you drink their supplements and you're basically helping people on their own fitness journey while you're on your own Mm -hmm. and one of their like key principles was personal development you know every day for at least 30 minutes you're reading a book or you're listening to a book about growth or about business or you know you're growing in some way every day and once I realized like oh wow like this is really helping me like work through and unpack some of this crap I just got addicted to it like I'd have an argument with my ex and I'd be like so upset that I felt like I was going to curl into a ball and like just cry myself to sleep and I'd be like no I cannot do that I have a whole child to raise let me listen to one of my books (laughs) so I'd put my headphones on and I listen and I you know get myself into a better place and it's still something that I do to this day like last week was so emotional for me I like cried and I had all these ups and downs and I was text fighting with like three different people in one day. <laughs> it was just really emotional. So and I, draining. Yes. And at the end of the day, I was exhausted. And so the next day, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm on the verge of falling into depression, which is something I struggle with. And so I had to like listen to videos on like narcissistic people because I, like you said, you hear it. I love my ex and I wish, I wish that he would get the help and the healing that he needs and deserves. But because of what I was going through, I would literally Google my situation. Like, okay, this happened. What, what am I dealing with? And I found all these articles on narcissistic people and Oh my God, it was like reading my entire life. Like, Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Like (laughs) as I was reading the article, (laughs) I was just like, this is my life. And so when i'm going through something emotionally with him and i feel myself like losing my grasp on my own sanity or i feel like depression is coming in i'll go to youtube and i'll just like yeah. look up narcissistic parent or narcissistic ex or something like that and i'll just listen to it and it reminds me that like i'm not i'm not crazy like i'm not <laughs> i'm not fighting for nothing no you're not i mean
0: listen you wrote one of the things that that you wrote for us i'm just going to read chunk of it because Uh I think it's just so, so relatable for so many of our listeners. He wrote, Mm -hmm. this situation I'm living is literally my worst nightmare, but here I am, thriving and happy to be Malia's mom. I thought I would be curled up in the fetal position, crying my life away. I endured a lot of pain trying to build a family for my little girl. My heart is still healing from being broken over and over by the man I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. However, I keep pushing. I never miss a beat because my baby needs me to be strong. I want to be strong for her. So I am. Yes. I said that. You said that. And sometimes I guess you just need your words read back to you. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you've got the strength in you. and, And like, obviously, this is a little bit more of a difficult time probably than when you wrote this almost a year ago. Right, But you, you have that in you. And, and the truth is that we all have that strength in us. That's, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that make women so amazing. You know, we, yes. we're resilient and we are able to find that strength within ourselves to be there, mm-hmm. not just for our babies, but for ourselves. And that's an yes. amazing thing.
1: I totally agree. I think that all of us are stronger than we think. And I think most of us feel weak because we're emotional creatures by nature, and you know we process things by filling our emotions. And the rest of the world wants us to think that our emotions are this dirty thing, or oh, you're so emotional, like that's the worst thing you could say to a girl. And it's like, but I have learned, so what, that I'm emotional. Like these emotions have raised an an intelligent four year old. They loved you when you needed it. So it's Mm -hmm. like your emotions aren't this dirty thing, like embrace that but you know you can be emotional and still be strong because I am living proof (laughs) feel your feelings because they are not going away (laughs) right and I feel like you process better when you allow yourself to feel I tried for a long time to like not acknowledge that I was hurting when I was in that relationship and the minute I let myself be angry or be scared it's so much easier to process and they say you can't overcome something until you face it. And so it's like, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be angry and scream and all of that. Feel it and it'll be easier to overcome it. You can look it in the face and be like, no, I'm over this. (laughs) Like we're going to get over it.
0: So I think I'm an outside party. I see you as a woman determined to pursue a better career for herself, to pursue a better romantic life for herself and somebody Uh who is just hustling left and right to give her daughter Mm -hmm. the best life possible. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a woman we can all be really proud of. And I want to know if you ever think about how important it is for your daughter to see you in that way. And if that makes you proud to think about.
1: Yeah, I think all the time about, how my daughter sees me and, and what she thinks about what we have gone through. And so I think it really inspires me to have open conversations with her. And I think that some of the people around me think that the conversations we have are too adult, but man, if you like take the time to have like a, an actual conversation with your toddler, like they will surprise you with what they say. Um, The other day we were in the bathroom and she walked in on me like she always does. And you know, I, told her mom had a really rough day. Like I had to have some arguments with people because they don't think I'm making the right decision for you. And I asked her like, what do you think about what I'm saying and, and what I've decided? Cause I had told her, you know, I decided for a few days, we're not going to talk to dad. Cause I feel like emotionally we need some space. And my sweet four year old was like, you know what, mom, you're right. I think daddy needs some time to be nicer and to, to, to be okay. And I think we need time to be okay. So I'm okay if we don't talk to him. And in that moment, like I was saying, like she snapped me out of feeling like I was, like I was a monster. That moment was it for me. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) okay. Like like I felt like she was leading me. Like I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, then after that, she's like, you know, I wanted daddy to be your husband. And I just realized that daddy doesn't really treat you nicely. And, he doesn't really treat me nicely, and so and this was the funniest thing I've heard all year. Literally, she was like, "I'm just gonna ask God to send you Michael B. Jordan," and oh I was like, "Oh my God! Oh my goodness! My kid is amazing because I don't think that God's gonna deny her, so I'm gonna wait <laughs> on Michael B. Jordan. I know he's coming now." <laughs>
0: oh my God! Well,
1: I I want to be the
0: first to wish you
1: guys a really happy life together. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like I'm sprucing up my wardrobe. And I'm just waiting because I know it's coming. But yeah, no, I worry all the time about the messages she's getting from me and from the messages that I'm sending her. And so anytime I make a decision, I'm thinking about her. Right. And it's just so
0: important to show her you know, that, that mom's got it. Mom has got it under control and mom yes. is going to give her the best life possible. And she is so lucky to have you. And we are so lucky that we got to have you on this episode.
1: So oh, I want to thank, wanna thank you.
0: you again. It means the world to us to have you here. And we are just so grateful that you are so open with your story. And we know that it's been a bit more of a vulnerable time than maybe a few months ago. But You are just so generous with sharing your experiences and we are just so grateful. And we just know that your future is so bright and we can't wait to embrace it with you. So thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so much fun. And I I hope that you know, whoever listens to this gets something from it. Because as much as I love to ramble and talk, (laughs) my my goal is that someone's learning something from what I'm walking through right now. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks again to Desiree Harper for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be talking about the unfair stigma single moms and divorced women face in our society with one of our favorite contributors, Dina Landon. Dina holds nothing back and you won't believe some of the quotes and statistics we found. This chat is going to leave you fired up, so get ready to let your haters be your motivators as we celebrate how strong you really are. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things you can handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.